Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Coach, what's up, my man? We're back to episode 11, Nerd Pod with Coach and K-Rock. Yep, absolutely great. Happy 4th of July. How, we, how, how'd everything go with we you? Just Yeah, it was good, man. We, uh, you know, out on the boat, which was fun, um, you know, sort of a tradition, and uh, it was good. Like, it's there's nothing better, right, than being on the water with um, with friends and family and, and uh you know, having a few beverages and just having a good time. So um, it was great. It was great. How about you? It's uh, uh, it seems like you had a good time. Yeah, man. Big uh, big news on the the K Rock front here. Uh, so yeah, Fourth of July was amazing. We had actually started off the uh, vacationing in Denver and then came back to the East Coast. And which point I had proposed to my then girlfriend, now fiance. Uh, she said yes. Uh, so that was really exciting. We had uh, both families in town. Um, so we were able to have a celebration on the 3rd. And then that bled into the 4th. And it just been uh, a lot of fun, man. It was a good time. So we'll that's exciting. Remember that. C- yep. congr- congratulations. Woo-ha. Welcome to the club. It's uh, You're going to love it. So uh, I, I was very happy, obviously. I knew about this well in advance. And uh, I'm glad that it went off without a hitch because we did not want this show to be, uh, you know, K-Rock looks for a U-Haul, right? Like we didn't want, <laughs> we didn't, that was, that wouldn't have been a, a positive thing. So the, no. the fact that it went, uh, that went swimmingly is all very, very exciting. A lot has happened in the, uh, you know, obviously we took a, a, a little time off because of the holiday, but a lot, a lot has happened in the last. Very exciting uh, stuff last, in the world of nerd pod and, and the bigger and picture. Nerd yeah. pod and, and so Odyssey. Uh, I am. I have no problem in saying that um, nerd pod is a, a hit. Right. It's a mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in this, you know, I've done other podcasts before. Um, none clearly as fun uh, as this, but, uh, you know, other uh, podcasts in the realm and and. Uh, you know, some that gained traction and some that didn't. But um, when it when they did gain traction, it looked very much like what uh, we're looking at now, right? So uh, every day we log in and and we see that more people are uh, signing in every day from sources that we don't know. Uh, we have activity coming from all over the place. So um, mm-hmm. you know, I like to uh, act like we've been here before and not be super excited to see our numbers uh, literally quadruple every single day. But it's hard to not be excited so i want to just say thank you for all to all of our new listeners um now that uh fourth of july is over i think we'll be pretty steady on weekly content uh we're going to try to go long form if we can you know as 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 much content as we can uh and try to uh extrapolate and expound on things and uh and keep going but the, the the best way for us to know what we're doing right and wrong is for you to hop on our social channels which uh you know are all out there in the world um we're getting a lot of searches and views so thank you everybody comment let us know what you like what you don't like and uh, we will keep rocking and making a great show 
Absolutely. Thank you to all the listeners who've been there with us from the start, um, mostly friends and family from that point. But to, our, to all the uh, new listeners, we appreciate it. and glad you found us. Obviously, subscribe on your favorite channel. Tell your friends about us. And uh, yeah, yes, stay so, tuned. So, so what's exciting is, um, you know, I think about back uh, the whether it was the Opie and Anthony days or the Ron and Fez days or or and I think about uh, you would see spikes because they're interviews, right? Like you could see your numbers, whether it was in the ratings book, um, you know, Arbitron, or you could actually see your site, uh, the downloads on the site. Generally, is because of a compelling interview or right. uh, some, but but that's not the case. You with had us. a star and on, and people heard about it through advertising it. and right and and yeah, found through you. marketing, or or somebody said something mm-hmm. completely crazy that was headline worthy, uh, or some gimmick, some craziness happened, and and you see a spike. Uh, you know, this was mm-hmm. Shock Jock Radio at the time, so you could see those spikes. Um, but that's not what this is. That's not what this has been for us. What what we're seeing is when somebody comes on for one. They They've done all 10 episodes. And so um, what we will hopefully consistently see is this whole big giant group of new listeners that we have when we release the new numbers, we'll see the, that all of them will then hit that next uh, that next number. And then, the, you know, that number will uh, essentially mm-hmm. double. So that's um, and that's what we'll be looking for this week. It's really exciting. I mean, it just goes to show you that uh, in the in the age of content, it's 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 important to have a place like this to um know what to, to to spend your time on right because you can you can spend days just flipping through your Netflix and your Hulu to understand what you what you want or spend thousands of dollars in the in the movie theaters to watch every single movie we're trying to get ahead of that curve for you and hopefully it's working that's right that's right so thank you again and uh on with the show man so um, yeah it's great so um so what stood out to you this week? I mean, uh, in the biggest thing, we had the Ant-Man release uh, that mm-hmm. happened this weekend. Um, you know, I'll certainly get into that. Was there anything uh, story-wise that you were like, oh, man, I can't wait to get this on the show? Well, I, I don't know about can't wait, but I, I I was pretty bummed out. I mean, we continued to hear about um, Star Wars fans, Star Wars bullying, and the bigger picture, you know, people struggling with uh, depression, right? So... We are the same cut of the same cloth. We we weren't fans of the prequels. Jar Jar Binks, Mr. Ahmed Best, who was the actor who portrayed him, uh, says he considered suicide after the reception of that character on the screen. And that just struck me as very sad. Yes, I didn't like it. I, I my least favorite character in all Star Wars, but never once would I want this person, this actor, to feel like he's any less of a person because of that, right? But Apparently it's it's a real thing and it's one that's outside of my bubble. So I'm I'm very yeah, sorry that man. he felt that way. I know, me too. And and so um, I think our modern, you know, I think Kevin Feige is is obviously we always we talk about him every single show because you know, he's, he's earned sort it. Of, he's sort of <laughs> yeah, he's earned it and he's sort of the godfather of of what we're doing right now. But mm-hmm. I would say uh, visionary wise, I would put James Gunn. Uh, almost ahead of Feige in a lot of categories, right? So he 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 may be our modern day um, George Lucas. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I you're think talking Guardian, James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. I okay. think he's, um, you know, f- again from a directorial, from a you know his opinions, the way that he you know where he's coming from. I, I believe that he's taken that mantle. Like uh, Catherine Kennedy certainly didn't, and J.J. Abrams could have. Um, I'm not sure that, and in 
he's incredible in his own right. But James Gunn, um, I think he he sort of has it figured out, and that's why when he tweets and when he says something, people generally listen. And and he talked about this this week uh, at length and okay. talked. I about, didn't hear that. Yeah, so he 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 jumped in and said, like, if you. It's hard, right? Because when you're James Gunn, you don't want to call the people that are obsessed with these movies losers or or do things that, say, William Shatner or other people have done to alienate their base, right? Because the, their base, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy base and the Star Wars base is not all that different. You have younger people, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's you have a, a, a group that of passionate people. And James Gunn sort of summed it up perfectly without alienating anybody and he he did go on and on about this right and um not in a bad way but he just he had a lot to say in when when it came out that that jar jar uh, or ahmad the the actor was considering suicide i think like the most or what sums it up the best for me was that he said star wars or any movie might be important to you but it doesn't belong to you if your self-esteem depends on how good you think the current star wars is or your childhood is ruined because you don't like something go to therapy and so (laughs) i thought that well said Right. Fantastic <laughs> yeah. line. And, and again, he said other things like he tweeted about this a lot because clearly he's passionate about it. But that sums it up for me. Right. It can it doesn't need to ruin your childhood. It doesn't need to. We can be fans and we can be. And that was a great message for me, too. Right. Mm-hmm. You, It can be important to you, but it does not belong to you. And we try to to keep to this in everything that we do we don't uh we don't poo-poo on anybody's art ever we might say what what we think or what we'd like to see based on basement on on uh, source material but we're never attacking somebody's art and uh that was george lucas's art and that actor's portrayal of that art and so i just thought james gunn had a really good um take on it with that line and Here's the thing. It'll take you down, right? The more inclusive that star that uh, Marvel gets, and the 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 more children and the more people that are showing up on a regular basis, they're going. This is the future of nostalgia. This is the future of of everything. Star Wars fans could actually be the one that takes them out. And, it's true. And, and it's so, scary what could happen with it. You know, if if everyone stays on this negative, not everybody, but those fans stay down this negative spiral, and nobody wants to work on it all of a sudden, and and they start spitting out just generic Star Wars movies that aren't bad, but they're not good either, right? And, and then it just becomes, uh, you know, that um, you know what to expect. Right. I mean, we go to similar restaurants um, all the time. Right. Like you have one that you like because you know what to expect. That's what happens when the passion goes away. You know that you're going to get a good, solid steak at the outback. Uh, it's not a lot of frill. It's not a lot of. And then you, it becomes predictable. And that's what the studios will do, right? It, it, Star Wars will turn into, if we put out a Star Wars movie every year, when we spend $80 million to make it, it's going to make $110 million and it's a business plan. That takes passion, creativity, longevity. It takes all of those things out of the equation. And the more we isolate, the closer to that happening we are. Yeah. And so uh, that needs to to not just, just get a grip. Yeah. And, and he's not calling you a nerd. He's telling you to uh, be passionate but it doesn't. It's not yours. And and if you think that it's yours, the minute that you start to think that it's yours, it's time to to get help, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a it's a really really good assessment. So yeah, it sucks that we have to open a show like that, right? So this is the second one uh, that that we're talking about a Star Wars character not liked by this 
this being bullied by the fan base, yeah, bullied yeah. by this self-proclaimed uh, uh, base audience of uh, you know th- they would be nothing without us audience. Uh, and it's listen, over. And listen, you both you and I, we were there the original run of the original trail. We went to the movie theaters in the original runs, That's so right. we're not a new fan. We're not like we didn't grow up on the prequels. We grew up on the original trilogy, and I never remember this vitriol coming out. No, in the and 20 years between, you know, the two movies. Between, and I think that, uh, it speaks to where we Return are. Return right? of the Jedi and, and, um, right. and Phantom. So it's it's certainly something when today's uh, social media, the ability to just to jump on and and blast away with no repercussions, that's a deal, man. I'm telling you, if you're doing that, it might feel good to you. You might feel really strong and powerful. But guess what? There's real effects to some of these people that you're going after. So just stop. It just be kind, right? It's not that hard. I, no. I don't. I don't. And it, and it's okay to talk about what your what your feelings are. And um, you and I have uh, different opinions on episode eight. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a neighbor that I have who um, his wife just took over as editor editor in chief of of a bunch of Providence, Rhode Island publications. They're a brilliant couple. They're probably a couple of my favorite people around. And he and I also disagree on episode eight but the discourse that we have about it is um it's what it's about right like a discourse Mm -hmm. of of picking apart what what he loved versus what i didn't like in a um it had nothing to do with killing the canon or or the original you know how it made me feel as a kid um it was about storytelling for me and and about um you know being lazy in certain places and not closing holes and you know having that discourse is what this kind of fandom should be about. And yeah. um, shout out to Jeff Major, who, uh, again, I can engage with on a very regular uh, basis about these things. And this is what I think filmmakers want, right? They want that kind of, I think Ryan Johnson, probably a wonderful guy and would love to hear the discourse between me and you and and me and Jeff and talk about where it went wrong. What he doesn't want to hear- Or where it went right. It depends right, on your- where yeah. it, Right, exactly right. <laughs> where What, what the, the best chances that he took were that paid off because there were certainly some. I can even admit that. So uh, th- these are the conversations that we need to have. We're more than happy to have them with you too. If you feel like you need to venomously attack somebody, hop on our, on our Instagram. We'll certainly engage with you at any time and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Uh, don't be um, that guy. Don't be stupid or ignorant to come out with these big, robust, disgusting statements and then hide behind your computer. I mean, it's, it's, it's cowardice. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, I, I would love to... I want to move to more uh yeah you know so and not before preach, we move on just Ahmed best i hope he's doing well i haven't heard anything updates on him but i'm assuming he's moved on with his life and he can well, go yeah, on. It, was, it was a long yeah. time ago and i'm sure it was spurred by um the first controversy that we were talking about two weeks ago but uh, here's the thing i think that he um, he has moved on and i think maybe it was therapeutic for him to be able to talk about this happening and and start to move forward to uh, maybe the next Star Wars, uh, this doesn't happen, right? I certainly hope not. So, yeah. Um, yeah the, so, man, Ant-Man. Yeah. So, I'm jumping right ahead now. Yeah, Ant-Man and go, the Wasp. Go ahead. Actually, before we jump into, into Ant-Man and the Wasp, I want to, because it's still on the same topic, right? So, uh, Kevin Smith, who is... Um, uh, sort of in our peripheral always of this show. We've always given him credit mm-hmm. for absolutely, uh, you know, being Godfather being here. of the podcast. Yeah, for sure. And and so he um, 
it was announced this week, and I think that there was some underlying, um, like, uh, Disney themes, even in his, uh, in the midst of his heart attack, you, you know, there was a, um, a, a message that Disney sent him while he was in the hospital, Kevin tweeted it, so I think that we know that they, that he was talking with Disney, and with the properties, it made sense, but this week it was confirmed, right, so confirm that Kevin Smith is in talks with Disney, um, wow, what? nothing, Nothing more than that, other than okay. uh, he's in talks. So here's so obviously I thought this through quite a bit. And what do we know about Disney at the at the absolute core? We know that you're gonna you know talk to us a little bit about the merger talk. So mm-hmm. we know that Fox properties may be coming over. That's a what we know. B okay. we know they own the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They own Lucasfilm and Star Wars. And the the fourth thing or fifth thing we know for sure is that a streaming service that rivals Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime is coming. And that Fox merger is a giant piece of that. So when I look at Kevin Smith and I look at those things that we know for sure, uh, Kevin Smith could. Now, he's a comic book writer, right? Producer, podcaster, director. Uh, My prediction uh, after looking at everything and seeing it all the way through. Now, he also has, keep in mind that he, he's directed the Flash and Supergirl episodes uh, for DC. Um, I think that it's going to have something to do with the streaming service, right? I think That's that they, they're starting to... Um, they're starting to to film their original, their first group of original series, so it makes sense to me that they would bring him in. Now they've brought in uh, John Favreau, other they've they've tapped some other directors. Kevin Smith fits into this category. I interesting, think pers- yeah, yeah. I think uh, he could be tapped to direct Star Girl, which is uh, set to be the first original movie now it's not a superhero movie this is um sort of a light-hearted but but it does have uh sort of heroic undertones i think that it definitely could be uh but i also think that it, so so that's my a number one if you had a gun to my head i think he directs uh the star girl series or mo- uh, i'm sorry not or not series but original the movie, movie. Yep. Uh, he could be in talks for that or uh, go down the line of Favreau with Kenobi, Star Wars, something Mar- Marvel related. Now, what 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 do you think before I sort of close up my? Uh... Yeah. Um, so I I agree. I, I think actually, who knows, right? It, it's it's wide open. I'm curious. What do you think about this? Not not only is he in, say, in talks to doing one of these projects, Star Girls, Kenobi, uh, maybe some other Marvel project. What about you know Disney saying okay fine we're, you're going to do this and Kevin going cool on my side what if you were to bring some of my uh, universe over uh, because I th- I know he's been looking for homes for some projects like Mallrats the series you know and and so on would Disney be willing to fill out their streaming service with these this original content obviously it's not for ch- children it's it's adult audience but listen. Adults are going to want to sign on to the streaming service, not watch just Marvel and Star Wars and Disney movies all the time, right? I agree. Um, so that is a really great uh, point that I didn't even uh, consider. Um, and I'm glad that you brought it up because 
Kevin actually, and I don't know if you read, if you listened to an episode of one of his podcasts, I think it was Smodcast, where he read the first, uh, the script for a, a hockey drama that he has based in Canada. Um, yep. I'm, uh, that could be a project that I could see because it follows a, uh, an enforcer, a hockey enforcer from childhood all the way to his uh, adulthood. Oh, man, um, I'd watch that. He had Alan Rickman in mind to voice this. It was supposed to be a series, not a movie. Um, and I think that uh, that is a strong, strong possibility now that you mention it. Um, he could be shopping some of that stuff over there. I do. I still believe that that is probably secondary to um to some some existing because again Favreau as you know can write like a, a banshee and and he's fantastic and so I think that they do have so much on the line on uh, Marvel and DC stuff that that I think that they would look to big names to attach to projects like that first mm-hmm. and foremost but you you I think that it is certainly a possibility that 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 especially that show in particular that he really likes and was pushing at the time that he got sick and he was talking Talking to Disney, it could absolutely be um, in the wheelhouse. Cool. Here's here's the other thing that I'll say. Great, great call, by the way. Uh, here's what I'll say: is that Kevin Smith is has had a complicated history, right? Like he takes chances, he's done it his way, like Frank Sinatra. But you, if you listen to him and you listen to him talk he almost doesn't feel like he should be associated with bigger projects. Like he thinks, oh, if Kevin Feige called me and gave me a Marvel movie, I would never take it because it's not my wheelhouse. Like I would screw it up. That's been his thing. (laughs) And whether or not that's true, whether that's self-deprecating humor, whether that's however you want to look at that, right? I I don't know uh, if if that's truly how he feels. Here's what I do know though, for sure, is that, uh, so on Monday, it gets announced that Kevin's in talks with Disney. On Tuesday, a trailer comes out for Hollyweed, right? A, yep. uh, a, a a comedy that is based in Hollywood, California. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, Disney can Disney will take chances, um, even being a family network. They're not afraid. But man, if you're in if you're in talks with Disney, and you're ready to either take over a Marvel or a Dis or a, a, a Star Wars property, or you're ready to pitch your own thing, is the next thing that you want to do is the next visible physical thing that everybody's going to look at. Do you really want it to be Hollyweed? And <laughs> this and this has been like so with when when he was set to direct the the Burton Superman and and they were talking about that stuff like it's this Kevin Smith stuff that. I think has prevented him from becoming James Gunn or prevented him from, and, and if he's okay with that, and if that's truly what his his motives is to make what he wants to make, how he wants to make it, I think that's great. But man, do you do that if you're Kevin Smith? Like, do you, Or do you say, listen, I want to get this Disney deal wrapped up, and then once it's signed, we can release Hollyweed. I don't yeah. know, maybe maybe not, maybe I'm crazy. Tell me what, I mean, I don't well, know. My do thoughts feel? are, is if, if, if all this is true, he's meeting with Disney, there's um, high-level talks. Disney has to be comfortable with who he is, right? Uh, they know full well who Kevin Smith is and what did, you know what movies he's made. And his he's humor. wonderful, it's, man. He's wonderful. It's all out there. So for them to not be okay with this, I'd be shocked. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, okay, let, let's, let's, let's go crazy here for a second. Let's say, okay, cool. Disney says to Kevin, you're going to direct Kenobi. And he goes, okay, but just FYI. 
I'm putting out my project Hollyweed this week. Right. I mean, I, and you I don't see would, him not saying that. <laughs> no, me either. And this isn't a shot at Kevin, but I, I, I know. Oh, I no, just I, know. I, I, I it concerned me. Right. Because <laughs> I I love him and I want to see him like do really great. And this life after death knew Kevin Smith of the heart attack. Like and if he was here right now, he'd be flipping me the bird and telling me, you know, like I would never stop doing a project that I'm working on based on getting another job. But I pragmatically I think, you know, I try to think like the campaign manager that I am, right? I think, how does this affect him uh, and, and his ability to up for employment? Um, you know, Nazi or, you know, Nazi bratwurst or bratsies is one thing, <laughs> but um, having, you know, just gigantic pothead over your, and pot leaf over your head the day after you leave Disney, I, I'm just not sure that I'd be brave enough to do it. And I, and I, and, and I hope that uh, you're right. I hope that they they need to get all of Kevin Smith. They need to get all of. I just you've never seen James Gunn or uh, the Russo brothers or Joe Johnston or any any of those guys. Uh, it's just not their thing, mm-hmm. right? So, like I said, it, it, if they're putting out the streaming service, it's all about content at this point. That's how Netflix wins. It's how Prime is catching up. They're going to want an unfettered Kevin Smith on their side, creating content for that channel. Whatever so, that looks like. So I'm I'm thinking that you're reading a lot into nothing here. Yeah, I think that's that's and and a passionate fan does that sometimes. So you yeah. you might absolutely be right, and maybe it's a non-story, but um, we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on it. Uh, we know that Jay and Silent Bob reboot is is coming. We know he's working on other stuff that you know they've got our money. Not only do they have our money for the tickets, we're gonna drive down to the stash. <laughs> we're gonna buy the T-shirt. We're gonna. I mean, they've got all. Who of knows? Money. Maybe Disney will distribute that. <laughs> Right. Who knows? Maybe they buy the, you know, some of those Miramax properties. Maybe that's what they're talking about. So, uh, you know, maybe. But uh, but anyhow. So um, I'm glad that we I I did want to talk about that. I'm glad that we got. So tell me, man, how was Ant-Man? You so, put me off for like 15 minutes here. Let's go. I I know. I'm sorry. So I I I how was I in the movie? And you were dude. You were fantastic. You Uh, were. it's so good. Um, <laughs> I uh, and I, I kind of fell in love with a with a couple characters that I never thought. I'm, you're a really lucky guy. Um, okay, no spoilers. I haven't seen my movie yet. Yep. So no, that's fine. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, certainly, we're gonna stay away from spoilers. But what I'll say is, um, box office is uh, is scary. I think at this point, like it's not. It, it is tracking ahead of where the original was. So I think Disney had very clear expectations of what this movie was. But I did Instagram and tweet out a, a photo last night, five minutes before the show was about to start. The only person in the crowd was my wife, and I was at the bottom taking the picture, and uh, it did fill in. Uh-huh. A little bit more um, was not a great trailer run. It was actually a really poor trailer run um, attached to the movie. It's listen, it's the middle of the summer. We're past the summer blockbuster. I mean, it it it, it that experience was not great. But once the movie started, uh, just go, go get it, go do it. Um, they have the formula. You and I complained about, or I complained, we, we were concerned when the posters came out that they jumped too far ahead um, and that they were they were giving away the spoilers, but 
they, they did it exactly how I would have wanted them to do it. If you're a okay. comic book fan, if you're if you're a fan of comic books and you sometimes are t- not turned off, but um, when you look at the big production of an Avengers movie um, and say this is great, but this is way over the top of what I would have ever expected from a comic book movie. This is well more in line with what you would expect a Ant-Man storyline to be. Um, it, it follows great characters, great character development, great story. Uh, the explanation of in between Civil War and where they are now was perfect. Uh, it, it for me, man, I I put this way up, way, way, way up at, at you know really? in the overall picture. I put it way up because this because it it scratched my edge. It spoke to me. So it spoke to me in a, in a comic book way. It spoke to me in a comic villain way. It spoke to me in a relationship way. This is the perfect movie for me. So I would take this. I mean, I put this over uh, Age of Ultron. I put this over uh, as a watchable movie. Um, I put this in line with the with the Captain America movies. I do. In wow, time. that's that's yeah. a big, big. Um, it that's is a big positive from you. That's that's great. So, well, well, let me ask. As far as um, so, we had talked about the the spoiler. Or you know, my opinion, they were spoilers. The, they were the, the, the posters. Were they spoilers? Um, yes, but okay. but but here's what I'll say: is that the they were played perfectly. They were done really. Well, and I think that even if you go back and listen to the episode, uh, maybe two episodes ago when we were talking about this, I think I laid out two possible directions that they could go in after releasing those movie posters. One would have been very, very good and one would have been really bad. And they went the very, very good route. I mean, they just did. And so... um, I said, wow, if he really does what I think he's going to do, then this is genius. And it was. And so um, it just, you know, the the characters are so likable. Uh, I mean, I feel like Bobby Carnavale stole, absolutely stole this movie in in small parts. Um, Really great. So uh, I just run out. I mean, it's only going to do $77 million. It's going to be a bunch of empty movie theaters. I think a lot of people are going to wait for it to hit Netflix, um, like Doctor Strange did, like Ant-Man did. Uh, Quality movies, un- not very well-known uh, pro- you know, uh, characters. Properties, right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So what, did you stick around for any post-credits? Were there any credits to uh, I did not. To? I, I'm done with post-credits um, <laughs> for, for the reason of it's going to be on – um, it's going to be on YouTube or whatever the next day or two. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure that anything has really moved the storyline forward. Um, there was so much comedy in this movie. I would only imagine that it would tie back to some comedic, um, you know, they, they, they did a lot of callback jokes in this movie, which the, the first movie did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of comic relief. So I, I am, I did not imagine that it, it was worth the 20 minutes okay. for me. So I didn't, but uh, when I do see it in two days, which I inevitably will, we'll share it on next week's and see if it had any impact. Yeah, I plan on going this week to see the, the movie and I'll make sure to check around for those post credits. Cool, man. So why don't we hop into Week in Geek? Das Week in Geek. I'm yes. ready. I, uh, I like it. Did we? Wow, we covered the, the front end of the show. Wow, just time flies when you're having fun on Nerd Absolutely, um, man. So what do you got first? 
So, uh, first things first in, um, so Carrie Russell, I think you remember her from Felicity, Mm -hmm. uh, Mission Impossible 3. She's now in the Americans, uh, in talks with Disney for episode nine. So that is, uh, new this week. Uh, I think that is a solid, uh, Felicity Jones type edition of a high quality actress, uh, that has worked with JJ in the past. So JJ, uh did produce Felicity, right? And uh, and then was the director of Mission Impossible 3. Um, Bad Robot is still in control of those that Mission Impossible run. So uh, I think that history does a lot. And uh, I think that they'll have really good chemistry. They know how to get the best out of her. So it's really exciting. And uh, That's great, man. I, that makes me a little more excited for 9 now. I think so, That's right? A I solid think that he's, addition. Yeah, it, it, it could be really, really, really exciting. So um, that I thought cool. was a really huge, uh, a huge announcement. So, um, well, I know this next thing is a, a bummer for both of us. Yeah. Uh, so going back to um, to uh, the Kevin Smith news, we were just talking about. Unfortunately, AMC um, decided to cancel comic book. Yeah, that's too bad, man. That was a fun show, but. He- you know what though? After that, what you just told me, what better place to place that show? I know they're shopping it around because I've listened to some of his uh, podcasts since then. Uh, off, you know, off, you know, offboarding comic book men. They're shopping it. They're looking for another home for it. What better place and more timely than is if this Disney thing were to play out? That's a perfect I mean, it, show for that. It really is, and um, you know, it's funny that it was great to listen to them on Smodcast. Um, if you haven't checked that out, I would check out the comic book. Men episode of um, of Smodcast. It was really good because you get a lot of a lot of real insights, right? As to mm-hmm. um, how the show was made, right? Yeah, and and, and really how, how they Brian viewed, hated right? some of the directors. It was really oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was a great episode. It was long. It was um, and so and you could feel the passion from those guys, and so um, so yeah, it does stink. But um, there is a, there's gonna that's gonna leave a huge gap in the market because you know is that a must watch at midnight on Sunday kind of TV show? No, but if if shows like Pawn Stars and Cajun Pawn Stars and uh, histories, mysteries, uh, and all these and weird Pawn Stars shows, right? <laughs> like uh, if they, if that stuff can live, um, you know this that's the perfect sit there and stream it. It's a twenty two minute show with no commercials. Um, I think this show has more life. Those tell them Steve, Dave, the guys, the the remaining cast uh, outside of Kevin have their own wheelhouse of people that absolutely love them. Uh, a lot of that audience is spillover audience from Opie and Anthony, and and that's a it's got a, a, a cult following. I think the show gets picked up, and I, and I think you that you bring up a great point. I mean, that's a wonderful place uh, to place a show like that because it's it's good, wholesome family fun. It really mm-hmm. is. And yeah. so, why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, it, it it was put on at midnight. No one's gonna. I couldn't watch that. I had to watch it. You know, on a, on demand. There, it was just too late. I, you know, hit the work the next day. You're right, and there was nothing ever. There was no reason for it to be at midnight other than they didn't want to put it early in the day, right? So, yeah, being able to stream that thing, it's it, it's it's a good show, especially if, if Disney takes it. They have the Marvel Universe. They have the Star Wars Universe. Those are two big topics that they talk about at Comic Book Men. Um, so, cool idea. I'd, I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, no, I think that would be fun. So we'll, mm-hmm. you know, again, like everything else on this show, we, we will keep an eye on it and keep everybody updated if we hear any, uh, any new updates. So, um, so this one... You know, this next thing 
came out this week, uh, and it does does it necessarily fall into the line of 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 the nerddom? Not really, but it's uh, it does fall under HBO, which we talk about a lot. So um, I don't know what this project is called. Um, I am calling it Eastbound and Down Two because I feel like that's what Danny McBride is. Um, so if you're not familiar, there's a show on HBO called Eastbound and Down. It was ran for a few seasons, and it was about an over-the-top um, baseball player who was trying to work his way back up to the big leagues. He was a closer, very obnoxious, very racist, very abrasive, very um, but but comedic uh, hilarity for some people ensued. And so here's what Disney, I mean, not Disney, I'm sorry, HBO does. Uh, they have... The, the the model of success has been to have those big sprawling incredible drama shows sunday night drama shows you know sopranos the wire boardwalk empire uh game of thrones on and on at westworld and these big just and people get into them and they're gr- it's the greatest storytelling in the world and then you've got sort of a secondary world of really talented people that come together to create niche content, right? That um, that people love generally, but um, there's Tracy Ullman is a perfect example of this kind of uh, of layout on HBO, and um, there's uh, and and the Tracy Ullman is a perfect example of this kind of media, right? Like mm-hmm. she, they, they capture it and they have her do 50 different things. They have her dressed as a man, as a woman. And some people really, really love that. And this Danny McBride character in Eastbounded Down, people just absolutely fell in love with it. And just, and they had Will Ferrell and way over the top kind of comedy. They had a, a, a show called Wild Boys that came out of, uh, I want to say, New Zealand. And that was another actor and another whole run where they created um, shows around a, a Tracy Ullman type character. And so this is just the latest in that. I think that they're, I hate to say it, dude, and I, I want to get your feelings on it. I feel like I just don't like it. I just don't like Danny McBride. I don't think that that storyline, Eastbound and Down, as committed as people were to that show, I just don't think it was funny. And I I think that, I don't know, I I think it pandered to a a dumber audience. And maybe that's a horrible thing to say, but I just didn't like it. And so when I saw it, uh, the the concept is great, right? So this follows... Uh, a, a televangelist family from the the Bible Belt, and you know Danny McBride is playing the uh, Joel Osteen type character, a charismatic preacher, televangelist in the middle of the country that has a mega church, and you know I think that again I just feel like for HBO it's it's lower brow than I would ever want it to be, right? Like there are times that I want low brow comedy, I don't want it from HBO. So I was disappointed when they signed him on again for another, because again, it looks to me, it looks like Eastbound and Down Two, the God version. I don't know what do you, I don't know what do you think? Well, I I mean I hear you. I I never to be honest. I never watched Eastbound and Down. It, it didn't. It wasn't something that was really interesting to me. I don't. I like Danny McBride in the movies I've seen him in. I thought he was good in the new Alien movie, and he's attached to Halloween that's coming out in October. Which so far so so far so good. It looks great. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I do know that uh, we saw that John Goodman is attached, 
So that's a good sign. That's right. And so here's the other thing that I'll say is maybe I went on a a negative rant here and I didn't really mean to. I just um, I've come to expect so much out of HBO, man. Like and I and again, I I, even calling it lowbrow is probably not the right thing. It's not capturing the, the feeling that I have about it. But when you throw John Goodman in and the concept, think about the concept of that poking fun at um you know, it just depends on how they do it, I guess. Um, yeah, this, this seems to be in a Goodman's wheelhouse too. He plays, he's played these preacher characters before, like in Old Brother or Art Thou. Oh, um, great character! One of my favorite. Yeah, uh, Colin uh, Brothers characters. The, like uh, in Treme, he plays the. Although he's a reporter, he's out there uh, on all the TVs talking about New Orleans, how great it is. So he's done these style of characters before. You know, these down south preacher type so i think yes. it'll be he'll if anything will get me to watch a couple episodes it'll be him yeah John i think Goodman. you're right and and so do they do that way over the top comedy that you know it's like quotable comedy it's almost like a uh stepbrothers but to the next level like it, it goes to this this place that i'm uncomfortable with and i'm not exactly even sure why um i think and i think you're right i think danny mcbride lines himself up with smart projects i think that he um uh, he's ambitious and he's uh, i get why people love him and i get i get the the niche of it i really do but uh so we'll we'll see i guess um it's going into production now and uh staying along those same lines i'll say that sasha baron cohen of uh, i mean he was um Ali g he was borat uh certainly in almost uh, our freddie mercury yeah almost <laughs> right and uh He's teasing a Trump-themed comedy for Showtime, so that could be that you know a Borat style. He's down in um, where the Trump supporters are, middle of the country, or you know in other places uh, to try to get sort of reaction. He's he's sort of famously controversial and good at drawing things out, and uh, he. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I I don't think everybody in the middle of the country is stupid, and I think that Borat sort of tried to make it appear that way that. The middle of America is full of hayseed, redneck, dumbasses, and I think that is as dangerous as uh, and divisive as anything else. I, I didn't love that about that movie. I, it was, uh, you know, so hopefully they with you. do the same thing, but I, I think it's interesting, and I think uh, it will be funny, but it also could be sort of scary and divisive as well. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that project. I don't think we need that. I don't either. I don't, I don't either. Think we need that. So... Um, Fair enough. So, what? Uh, what do you have up next? So, I I wrote down um, a big deal to this week was announced that Fox, the Fox Disney deal, Fox Entertainment Disney, passed a big legislative hurdle. Uh, you know, that's after Disney agreed to divest the twenty two regional sports networks that Fox has. So, as a con- condition of securing an antitrust clearance, so all that means is this deal's going forward. It sounds like to me, um, Comcast is scrambling to regain footing in this, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Uh, so, t- to me, my opinion, this Disney Fox deal is probably going to happen. Uh, this was a big deal if you think about it. So, you, we we kind of know what Disney's is eyeing here. They're not they don't care about the regional sports stuff, and that was probably the easiest decision for them to make. Like, yeah, if this is going to prevent the deal, cut it out. We don't want it. Yeah, we only want that IP. We want the streaming content. That's what this is about. Comcast has a lot more hurdles to jump over to even get where Disney is with Fox, 
And I don't think Fox is going to be that patient. They've been working on this for too long. So I think this is this is start. We're going to start seeing this speed up, and hopefully, hopefully, see the the closing happen on this deal and be done with it. Hope and I. I don't know if it's possible to have it done by the end of the year. It'd yeah, I think. And listen, uh, hats off to Disney uh, for putting it in the original deal that they'll be able to counter any counter offer any deal. Because here's the thing: they have their their heels dug into this deal, and so Comcast can scramble as much as they want. I, I and they have a ton of money too, and they have available cash, they have assets, but uh, Disney's not letting the foothold go. And I think that this may be like an Iger kind of conversation uh, at the very very top of the food chain. Uh, it might be just one phone call like, hey, um, you know, just stop driving the price up on me here because you're not going to win. And and so I think it's I think you're right. I hope it does get done by the end of the year. Um, but I think they're dug in and uh, I think this yeah. is good for everybody. I really do. Yeah. And plus, it, you think about it in terms of the legality of it for Comcast side, they have the distrib- distribution part of the things that Disney does not have. Right. So that's a whole nother area that they're going to have to address and that's going to take a long time i mean that is going to go through all the way to the federal government and that's going to bear bog down any deal uh, of moving forward having to answer to somebody uh why should we let this deal go through and we already know the current administration is against any type of these types of deals so because they their presidents was against the at&t merger the time warner so logic says they would be against this deal as well so all that against them, Fox has got to be looking at this. We have a sweetheart deal with Disney. There's no reason for us to go back to Comcast. Yeah, it's a great point. And uh, so hopefully, listen, the end result for me of all of this work is seeing a realistic version of uh, Victor Von Doom and, um, you know, <laughs> and, and the Fantastic Four. As I, I, NerdPod I, hosts go, that's all I care about. I don't right, care about them the business it. side. I just want to see the universe start getting the other characters in Fantastic Four, you know, and, and so on. It's a, so, yes. this, so this is how the sausage gets made, and I know it is important. I'm glad that we're we're, we're following progress because uh, every day that we talk about moving this forward is is another day closer to to that day when we have the X Men and we ha- you know and, and Feige has the true playground to do what he uh, uh, has been put on this earth to do apparently. So um, awesome, great, great, great news. So um, this one came out. Um, this news broke uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Um, so two days after for the listening audience of, of the release date of this podcast is that uh, the Marvel, I'm sorry, the uh, Top Gun project attached uh, to Tom Cruise. It's uh, Top Gun 2. Um, they're actually calling it Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's going to hmm. be a modern day uh, version with uh, Tom Cruise as the lead. Um, obviously, they cannot bring Anthony Edwards back to play Goose because, spoiler alert, he did not make it out of the first movie. <laughs> um, so clearly they're telling us where they're going with the storyline by casting none other than Reed Richards, uh, the worst Reed Richards, uh, but who was fantastic in Whiplash. Miles Teller will be playing the son of Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan. We don't know if Meg Ryan will make her way into the cast. Uh, no mention of that, but he will be playing the offspring of what would be Anthony Edwards' goose and his wife, uh, played by Meg Ryan. What so, a good casting. He looks just like him. Right? I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's a great casting. I like him in, uh, in a lot of things, so... Um, unfortunately, the Reed Richards thing didn't work out, but um, Whiplash the, did. He was Whiplash phenomenal did. in that. Oh. And um, 
you know, even the uh, so anything he does, he's he's got that sort of charismatic of a of a young star. I think he's he's on the way. He was in the the Divergent series. He he's good. So I think um, that's exciting, and um, we know that we're getting. Um, so now we have a goose representation we know we'll have Iceman. whether he's going to be the actual wingman of maverick we don't know but uh so we've got a good core cast here this is something that i'm really 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 excited about uh as excited as i was about cobra kai i'm excited about this project um most cases like when i saw the predator 4 poster last night i was not excited this mm -hmm. i am excited about awesome young pope uh did you ever watch that show I loved it. I did. Yeah. I found it very odd and inspiring, and it was good. Yeah, I liked it. All right. So some news on that. It looks like uh, they're coming back. Laws coming. Uh, Jude Laws returning, uh, but also John Malkovich sign on. So that is a cool. Uh, that's a cool signing uh, for HBO. Um, so I guess this is going to start filming in November in Italy. And for anybody, I don't know if anybody or everybody watched this show, but um, what I'll say is it was a, a definitely um, alternate, alternate reality in current times where we get a, a pope who might be a little crazy, who might, who's definitely young and um, extreme in his ideals. Um, strange but wonderful storytelling and wonderful uh visual cinematography was great in that show one of a lot a lot of awards this was something that hbo did not produce themselves something that was produced in italy and won a bunch of awards and was purchased by hbo so uh bringing malkovich in at, and and this is this project is now titled the new pope so um mm -hmm. yeah i uh I think it's an interesting casting and an interesting role. I'll be so again. Filming begins in November in Italy, uh, so we might see that by like summer of next of next year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. So, um, it, along the lines of uh, you know the show that I've been praising, which I'm not sure that you've caught up yet, but no, I have not. Yeah, Lost in Space continues to show that they they're getting it right. Right. So if you watch season one, there's an injured person that lands on uh, on the, the planet that they're on. And uh, it, you, they tease a very, very interesting storyline for this person. And uh, so they bumped that character. Right. So uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm sure of it. Um, can you try it? But, uh, I don't know. Sub uh, Subanile Lambo. Yes. OK. Subanile. Sibengail <laughs> Mlambo. Uh, so she will be a regular and join a strong female ad cast for season two. Um, I loved the arc. What are you waiting for? You tra you're traveling, you, tr you, you commute to work. Get on this show, man. I will, I will. <laughs> I, I, I will. So much soap prep goes into NerdBot, man. I don't have that much time. But I know, it does. It's a, it's a lot of... Uh, it's a tall order to produce. I got to get preacher going now. I know, I know that's coming too, and and uh, just I'm, I'm already so, like three weeks behind. I know. I need to get on that too. So, so yeah, okay. Lost in Space is there. I'll get there. Yeah, it's so good. Patience. And that that character is really interesting, and I think everybody uh, that lived is uh, returning for the next season. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what do we get? Talk to me about Movie Pass. Oh yeah, man. So, you do you know what Movie Pass is? I do, yep, because okay. I, I have MoviePass. You do. So the movie I subscription do. service, right, uh, you can go see. Is it unlimited movies a month? 
It is. Yep. So okay. I, that's I bought originally like a year ago, and I can watch as many. I have a a, a credit card that works at every cinema place that I've ever tried it at. Okay. Um, and I can watch as many movies as in a month as I want to, and I pay uh, nineteen ninety nine a month to do this. Okay. So I just read that um, this week MoviePass is introducing surge pricing, or as they're branding it, peak pricing. So think of like Uber, right? When you're trying to get in yep. a car at rush hour and they say it's a 4X uh, surge pricing. That means it's four times as much as a normal fare, right? Well, they're going to be implementing that same type of uh, pricing scheme for movies. Uh, and what they, to use their, their words, peak pricing goes into effect when there's a high demand for a movie or showtime. So you... Go to see, um, I don't know, Incredibles 2 that night that it was so busy, you use your movie pass. Well, now you have to pay an extra, I don't know, three to four bucks, let's say. I, that, that's just a made up number. Right. Uh, to go to that, on top of the $19.99, you're spending a month for that service, right? So I don't know. It just, it seems like they're, they're you're, I'm seeing a lot of cracks in movie pass right now. In, in their brand, in what they've been trying to accomplish. So what do you think of that? So here's what I think. I think that um, coming from the startup world, which we both do, um, I think that there are interesting times in uh, in companies' growth. And I think that you're, there are times, especially when you're well-funded by venture capitalists, I think that there are times that the product is not designed to be profitable and I try to keep my eyes out on these particular times because you know that you're getting value. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, I know that I'm I'm clearly I am because I I definitely go to at least four or five movies a month. I see movies multiple times. I... uh, I'm lucky that me and my son have the same name, so he's able to use the card when I'm not using the card. And so (laughs) it's been a wonderful um, thing for me. However, I completely agree with you. This is not a sustainable business model. Um, I do not believe that this is where the movie industry is heading. I think that... um, I, I think that it was a response. This is somebody, uh, you know, their CEO is somebody that was involved in the creation of Netflix and thought that this could possibly be the future of, of cinema going and everybody wants monthly recurring revenue on a subscription base. And I don't think that it's, mm-hmm. it's real. So I think that um, they've got a lot of money dumped into it already. They're already starting to mess with the pricing. And I get 10 emails a day, it seems like, that they, they you know, they're trying to get you to upgrade to a package that's less, um, less money but offers less things. And so I don't see this being sustainable in yeah. the long term. I don't think that this is the future of movies. And uh, I'm going to ride the wave as long as I can and get as much, uh, well, um, uh, um, as much bang for my buck as I can. Yeah, I mean, it, and the company also said they're going to be introducing something called a peak pass. So you could spend extra for this peak pass, it sounds like, which will allow you to waive one peak fee per month. Now that, when, when things start getting confusing to me, when you're yeah. as a subscriber, that, that's when I, I bail. And this is this is where they're heading, and and what what's what's evident to me, right? As I'm a big AMC guy, I'm a Stubbs member, so I pay for that membership year, you know, whatever it is, twenty bucks, right, for the year. Uh, along with that AMC pass, though, I'm getting five dollar Tuesday movies, which we take advantage of like crazy. So two movie tickets, five bucks, uh, uh, right. right? So you just do a couple of those over the course of a year. You've already paid for your membership, so the 
AMC's answer to MoviePass is they just announced this about probably on a month now. For Stubbs members like me, I do have to spend an extra $20 a month. So it's a bolt-on, right? Uh, bolt-on service. All that means yep. is you're bolting it onto your core core package. Your core, yep. pro- your, your core product. Uh, so $20 a month, you get... It's not unlimited. You get three movie passes basically a week to use on any of their theaters at any of their movie showings, whether it's uh, a 3D digital, regular 2D, dining pass, IMAX, whatever. You're able to use this pass from what I understand it. Um, But here's the difference between movie pass and AMC. AMC owns a theater. Right. Right? So they're able to do that. And drive on concessions, drive on. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, absolutely. It makes a ton, a ton of sense. So, Um, I I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting. Movie Pass is awesome. And it's really great that they came out and they pushed the the industry this way. I don't think people want to have that. We're, We're. Oversaturated with subscriptions right now. Like as an AMC guy, I'm I I still can't warrant spending that twenty dollars a month in that pass. I just can't. So no. you know, because if I'm like, you know what, if I really want to go see a movie and I'm, I'm price conscious, well, I know I can go on a Tuesday night and spend five bucks a pass. And I, you know, it probably shouldn't say this, but any of my friends, coach included, I consider your family. I'll buy your tickets too, and I've done that. Yep. On those two Saturday night passes, so yep. it's 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 interesting, and I like that their that movie pass has certainly pushed and disrupted that industry. Uh, so you're right; I don't think this is the end game of it, but it certainly was a great step in the right direction to get us going in a, you know, away yeah, from the traditional and I think talking about it theater is really experience. Important. Yeah, for sure, talking about it is really important, and and moving it forward, right? Like fintech or uh, you know anything that uh, exists to push. Uh, something forward is a good thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, cool. So, uh, I want to just throw out a follow up on, um, on, uh, the Watchmen, which is another HBO project. Have they uh, Um, added the, I think I read that they added some new cast editions. They did. Right. So really cool. Uh, so Jeremy Irons was somebody that we had not mentioned, uh, on this show. So we had talked about Regina King, Don Johnson, Louis Gossett Jr. Interesting uh, cast. but ultimately, here's here's what I'm finding is other than that core, I'm seeing a lot of names that we have have never seen before that that are, that are not popular that look to be filling the role of supers. So, uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second, Sarah Vickers, um, Jacob Ming Trent, Tom Meeson, Francis Fisher, Andrew Howard, Adelaide Clemens. Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, any recognize, of them. <laughs> I don't know any of those people. We know Jeremy Irons. We know Regina King, Don Johnson, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, those are all uh, certainly reputable people that could carry a show. But uh, interesting that they're they're announcing these um, regular cast members of people that I don't know, and I don't recognize the shows or things that they've done in the past. So um, hmm. this is. You know what's interesting about these these cast, like especially the main like the main castings, I considered. Jeremy Irons, uh, like Don Johnson, Louis Gossett Jr. These are past their prime actors who even in their prime, more or less, they they never really made the A-list, right? Maybe, no. maybe Gossett, but that would be it. So it's – I'm interested in this casting. I'm, I'm going to be paying very close attention to especially the pilot and the, the first few episodes and how they all interact with each other. It could be – you know, if it's – if like Jeremy Irons is not 
the best actor. I'll be. I'm not. I've never been a big fan of his. Me either. Um, I you know Justice League for example. He's Alfred. He's cast as Alfred. I think yeah. he's the worst Alfred I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's nothing against him. It's just I don't. I don't find him that believable, or I don't like him on screen as much as say some of the other uh, people next to him. But maybe that's what they're going for. They're they're going for these actors, kind of like a think of how a um, Quentin Tarantino movie gets cast. He doesn't yeah, look that's... for A-listers, or he looks for he looks for those B, C, D level, or those A-listers from 20, 30 years ago, and brings them back. And he puts he knows how to get the best out of them. I'm hoping that's what we're going to see here. And I do. I like Damon uh, Lindoff or Lindloff, uh, who's a, who's running this pilot. And this is a pilot. I mean, this hasn't been picked up yet. We've talked a lot about it for it being a pilot. But you know, Watchmen is property that is really sacred to, to both of us, I think. And, and, and so, pretty uh, much every comic book fan yeah, out there. Yeah, anybody who's a fan of any yeah comic books. And and listen, I think Regina King is that. You know, she was in Jerry Maguire. I agree with you wholly on Jeremy Irons. Other than uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance is one of my favorite for a third movie uh, in a trilogy or in a oh I'm sorry in a in a big expanded universe mm-hmm. that that they've tried to be. Uh, I think that he 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 was great in that role when that where he was sort of playing like a uh, scavenger hunt leader and robbing a bank at the same time. Like, I love that movie, so I thought he was okay in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think uh, you know they shouldn't have killed off. Um, um, Alan Rickman and he should have been if they planned on doing future pieces they should have left Rickman and f- die hard forever but uh, Jeremy Irons I thought was a, a suitable replacement I think you're right and I think that I, I'm hoping that this is like Tarantino casting because you know Don Johnson was on the A-list for five minutes with the most popular show in America and um, Louis Gossett Jr. certainly you know had his time in the 80s so it's it's interesting at at least, and this is an alternate timeline. Um, I think visually, you know, the visuals should mm-hmm. win this show over. Um, but still, a pilot has a lot of of work to be done, right? And uh, we'll see. But uh, add that to the Game of Thrones prequel and sequels, and uh, I think HBO. I've said it before, is in rebuild, and and they've had uh, you know Game of Thrones carrying them for a while. Westworld is on the rise. I think uh, this right now, what we're seeing is the building of their future. Yeah. Um, you know, and and uh, it's exciting. It's so, interesting uh, content for sure, man. Uh, we'll be we'll be paying a close attention as it gets you know things come out about it so uh and speaking of interesting content hall h what the heck is have we talked about this last week mm-hmm. we talked about we talked about uh the absence of chris hardwick we don't need to go into the how when and why but we knew that there was going to be some uh, lap over in hall h have you heard anything at all about what's happening in all so speaking of a b-rated actor uh yvette nicole brown from Community. Oh yeah, from Talking Dead and I Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, is yeah. one of the be- she was the best part of Community. Uh, she's always great on Talking Dead. She's going to be running the panels for The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, oh, cool! In and Hall it's H. like in Hall H. And you know nice. what? That it, it's such an obvious choice to me because whenever she was on those shows, and she was so funny, she'd always have her like spiral bound notebook because she, just like us, she was a fan first, right? And she'd be writing notes down on the show. <laughs> She's watching them. I would go back and watch again. And then she would come out and talk about them. So as far as if they continue the Talking Dead series, um, what a great replacement. <laughs> 
I know. And she, you know, she was in uh, my kids growing up. They're teenagers older now, but mm-hmm. Drake and Josh was a big uh, show for them on uh, Nickelodeon. And uh, she was, she played the boss of the movie theater uh, in that show. <laughs> and she's always been, she's always been good. And, and I think that's a perfect run. She's and got goes, great timing, right? She she's, she's, she's yeah. quick on her feet. Uh, so she's perfect for this. So she's going to be running um, both the, uh, the panels for both shows at the, the Fan Fest. Which is if you're going uh, Friday the twentieth, July twentieth. Um, so let's see the let's see what the notes here. They're going to run for about an hour each in Hall H, and they begin at eleven in the morning there. So if you're going, please, we're not going to be there. Please let us know how how she does. Yeah, for sure, we'd love to hear it. And um, I'm hope I'm pulling for her because I think she'd be. I mean, Chris Hardwick alone, I enjoyed him. Always enjoyed him on the shows, but whenever he had her on, I I thought it was. Even better. It was like a show I wanted to watch more. Yeah, definitely, for sure. So, um, cool. And just um, quickly, we've got just one more uh, quick thing before we wrap up. But I'm going to, uh, you know, it's interesting talking about uh, Comic-Con is that Deadpool 2 is is going to have a panel and a, a special director's cut showing within Comic-Con. Really? And, I think that is a very interesting thing that we've never seen before. Um, And are we getting into, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know a movie that is just about to fall out of the theaters that did its damage, that went out, that it's going to have a panel with the stars and a special director's cut showing. It's interesting, but man, does does this say, is this a signal that um, release news and use the, 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 the Comic-Con of the last five to seven years that we've seen where they use it as a platform and jumping off point, uh, are we getting away from that? Is it turning back into a nostalgia con as opposed to a future con? And hmm. I thought that that was really interesting that, that that came out this week. So what you're saying is, um Deadpool 2, which has been re- already been in and out of theaters, yep. uh, they are going to be showing a director's cut of Deadpool 2. That's right. At and then, and then with a panel with yeah at Comic Con San Diego. So director's cut. I think that this is going to be in in uh, Ballroom D, and uh, you'll have Ryan Reynolds, a full cast uh, huh. of a Q and A with a director's cut of a movie that has come and gone. Um, I just don't know if this is signaling for now. We know that Marvel's not there. We know that the Avengers are. You know, it, it's so now we're starting to see. Does this go back to con? Uh, you know, nostalgia, or are we predicting the future and laying out surprises? I, I think uh, I, it'll be interesting to see. I know that. Mm-hmm. What are the chances of them doing some sort of teaser for a Deadpool three? Maybe and and that will say that it still is future con right that mm-hmm. it still is uh, uh, the studios using it as an opportunity to catch eyeballs it, it could be um, but uh, I will be um, you know I'm hoping to tap in on the Comic Con network which you can do and watch a lot of this stuff as it's going down live um, I I'm definitely going to be paying close attention to that because I think it's really interesting so it is very very interesting uh, so, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. So the last thing is it comes from uh, a sad place. Certainly this happened a couple days ago. Um, We've lost uh, an icon uh, in the comic book land. Um, Writer, pioneer, Steve Ditko, dead at age 90. Um, Co-creator of Spider-Man, creator of uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, 
you know, certainly known as the godfather of of, uh, of Spider-Man, and it's just really sad. It made me really sad. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if you had heard that. Yeah, or... I had it. It it was all over my uh, social feed. Very sad news. Yeah, indeed. Uh, grand uh, godfather of Spider-Man, right? Um, just, uh, yeah. So we don't uh, have uh, we don't have the universe that we do today without him. No doubt in my mind, yep. and so uh, and he was so great with fans. I mean, he signed for years. He stayed active in the comic community until like ninety eight or ninety nine when he retired. I was lucky enough to meet him at a couple of cons, and he was he, just a fantastic guy, uh, passionate about the art, always wanting to draw and engage with the fans. And uh, but but furthermore, for me, um, mm. this really does show the um, the volatility and, and how lucky we are to have had Stanley as long as we've had him and that, you know, a day is going to come, um, certainly, you know, uh, in the next decade or so, um, that, when that his we may not have stop. A- anymore, right? <laughs> yep. And he, he I, I will say, right, that the cameos go black. And so it makes it so sad for me that, um, he's going through what he's going through right now. And so if, if, if nothing else, this, this, uh, praise, Steve Ditko for everything that he did and he was just such an incredible artist and such an incredible person um, but it breaks my heart because uh, a judge this ma- this week dismissed uh, the restraining order um, just over sh- over confusion, confusion. Uh, they just don't know what's <clears throat> happening and uh, of who his representation is who is state who is looking out for him and boy it's man it his wife really had control of everything of everything you know in their life and you know if there's a god he's unjust for i've taken june first right and yeah and not stand she was the the business part of the relationship everything to him Mm -hmm. and so to see uh, this this slime collector and even people in his own family that seem to be appear to be struggling with mental health issues an investigator for the state of California was sent in to make heads or tails of it and couldn't, couldn't make heads or tails of it. Didn't know who the good guy was. Didn't know who the bad guy was. Didn't know who represented what. And um, so here's what I would say is that in, in the world that I live in, and maybe it's a fantasy world that Marvel studios would spend, even if it cost $5 million dollars, to hire the best lawyers and the best private investigators to figure out exactly what's happening with the person who made this all possible. Um, they have no obligation to do that. They're not contractually. It's not, there's nothing mm-hmm. about that. But the fact that you are all living off this guy's uh, ideas and his creativity, uh, and he was paid for it. I'm not saying that, that he wasn't. But what I'm saying is... You all have a career. You're making wonderful movies. Somebody, if I could, maybe that's what would make me a horrible uh, rich guy, right? (laughs) Because I would do something. If I was, if I was, if it was Kevin Smith, who I know that I'm doing this on the back of his hard work, I would do every single thing that I could to make sure that I made it right and got it right. And uh, I just, you know. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm man. really frustrated by it. I feel sad about it, and I would love to hear your thoughts on you it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Like it would be good to see one of these studio heads or directors who've made millions off of his ideas step up and say, "Enough is enough. Um, we're going to get him the best representation money can buy, uh, the best estate planners, whatever it takes. Get this thing out of." 
these creeps' hands. Um, and you know, and the, the nurse is saying that, that, he's, that he's showing up with bruises on his legs. I mean, it, it's possible that somebody, dude, I'm going to cry sitting here thinking about the fact that somebody could be abusing Stanley, right? Yeah. So just, yeah, um, somebody should take care of it. Absolutely. Somebody should step in because we don't want to see this icon like the rest of his life. Get burned like, like and, this. End like this, right? Like horrible. So anyway. All so, right, man. It was a great show. Um, Thank you. It was cool. And uh, I can't wait to be back at it next week. We're building towards Comic-Con. We're building towards a lot of fall releases of television shows. Mm -hmm. So we will keep everybody updated on social all week. We have a sponsor this week. So let me tell you a bit about Anxious Andy by Adam Sissio. Uh, anywhere uh, it's available, anywhere books are sold in Anxious Andy, what you're going to do is you're going to be following a young boy who's struggling to cope with his social and generalized worries at school. So really cool stuff. I mean, very important today, right? So during his walk home, he encounters some not so helpful friends that suggest distraction methods that uh, prove to be ineffective and you know, downright silly. It, you know, for his, it isn't until Anxious Andy talks to his mother about the concerns and some proper advice is given uh, that Andy's able to overcome his fears, feel more comfortable with who he is, and you know, anxious Andy's bursting at the seams with positive energy through cute rhyming and message delivery, uh, delivering abilities. So the story finds a comforting way of introducing a disorder that affects millions of children without being, uh, without that invasiveness at, that uh, it can happen. I mean, my brother is affected by anxiety a lot too, so I get this. So, you know, we talked, um, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about suicide and we talked about, um, you know, we lost Kate Spade, we've lost uh, Anthony Bourdain, we've lost others. And um, um, Adam, the, the author of this book, is a uh, licensed mental health clinician um, who's passionate about um, and understands that uh, anxiety and depression is what leads to, um, to suicide the most in um, hats off to him for, for writing this book and, um, and and getting the message out because how many people, I mean, this is the way to do it. This is supposed to be, this is built for sort of a seven to 12 year old audience and uh, it, it's great. And I, I think uh, the story is designed to be like a fun and engaging tool for parents and therapists and teachers and caregivers um, to use, um, you know, and, and the pictures and the rhyming schemes are designed educationally to really sink in and, and offer a solution, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't, we don't have to throw uh, drugs at every single problem. We don't have to. So uh, a great sponsor for this week. We hope the book does really, really well. Yep, It's available on Amazon. So we'll put a, a link to it in the description of the show. So we will. please go get that book. Very important. Very important, good stuff. If uh, a great gift, and uh, you know, for a therapist friend who could share it, or uh, if you know somebody who's struggling with that sort of thing. So, uh, thank you for a wonderful show, everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. All right, boys, let's close it down. All right, boys, let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all you want. it against me like a goddamn bull. So close to close, my skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, 
which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook. They're at NerdPod.